Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl Diggity DJ. <laughs> I, I was channeling my inner How DJ. How dare you? <laughs> I just very, very slowly reached over and, and did that too. All right. I'm going to apologize for my scratchy, scratchy voice. Um, I went to AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, February 1st in Dayton, Ohio, and... Um, not only did my section get all ego Ethan Page to call us assholes, we got Swerve Strickland to call us assholes too, which was great. Also, that was an except a very good, very good show. Too. It was so at least well, Dynamite Ethan Page. Well, both those were both Rampage, so which is airing tonight as yeah. a former. But uh, I will say, one of the guys behind us yelled at Ethan. He goes, "Tightest tits in the game!" And Ethan turned and looked at us and did the little like chest pop and winked. That's pretty funny. So <laughs> I told you, I, I I like I like Ethan Page like as a person from his like vlog and stuff like that. Cannot stand the oh, dude. Didn't know he had a vlog. Cannot stand the dude as a wrestler. Um, plus, he went to my buddy. Well, he went to Roma Collectibles. Um, longtime listeners will, will remember Roma Collectibles. He uh, he and Danhausen, um, and Nyla Rose and Charlie went to uh, went to Roma Collectibles and, and bought a whole bunch of toys. So that's that's pretty awesome. When when was that? Tuesday, Tuesday night. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, really they cool. do that. Uh, they went to the toy department last time. Um, they were here when when they were in Cincinnati, um, but the the Roma's uh, brick and mortar store is in Springfield, so not too far from Wright State. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So, I didn't know that's yeah. where that was. Yes, sir. I do need. I haven't. They've been open for like two years, and I haven't been up there yet. I'm, I'm a bad friend. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I will say this: this was the best dynamite crowd I've ever been with. Um, the the guys behind us were hilarious. It was their first wrestling event, but like they were huge wrestling fans. Um, the the there were these twins sitting next to us that were hilarious. They looked like these like super buttoned up conservative dudes, and they were like filthy. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then uh, the 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 sweetest thing was um, there's a grown man in front of us. He was he's mentally challenged, and he was there with his mom, and it was his Christmas present to do the VIP package and sit in the front row. Uh, and so I know Kyle's not listening to this cause he just introduced himself to everybody and it was very sweet and he was having a great time, but like Kyle, you made the night even better watching your excitement. So that is really cool. Putting that out there. Um, he was very, he was very into it and very funny and very, very nice. And, uh, his mom did something really, really cool for him. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, um, so this week we're going to be talking about uh, actually something that just came out today a little bit ago. Uh, Sony president, uh, sorry, president of Sony Pictures Television Studios, Catherine Pope, has some interesting things to say about Hollywood. Um, we're talking about the James Gunn reveal of um, the DC slate from Monday, which seems like a lifetime ago. It does. Right. I was really like, was that, was that this week? <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, also news that dropped today, Outside the Lines got canceled. And uh, it's been on ESPN for 33 years. I, I just want to talk about it for a little bit. But um, I loved Outside the Lines with, with Bob Levy growing up. Uh, and then uh, Gladiator 2 gets a release date. So we'll talk about that real quick. And then we're going to talk about last month, last Sunday's Royal Rumble, since we're on that wrestling kick. And then um, you're definitely going to want to listen to our take on 
season one, episode three, um, long, long time, the last of us. So, all right. Uh, anything you want to like start off with Dean before we, we get into it? Anything you want to say, share? Uh, Oh, well, I told you that I'm finally starting on the Yellowstone track. I, nice. I told you I did a little differently. I actually, we actually started with 1883. Mm-hmm. The first episode I really liked. Uh, I'm first one. I'm a huge, huge Western fan. Not just like certain. I'm just overall have been since a kid in Clint Eastwood and all those. But also I'm uh, in the middle of probably in the back end, like probably not probably I'm on the last chapter of Red Dead Redemption 2. And watching that, it it really reminded me a lot of Red Dead, a lot of the stuff going on. So everybody dies forward- constantly. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of uh, that, that series. But yeah. that's pretty much it. I mean, you comes out. We'll probably go next weekend. Go see, check out that this, you know, the M Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Knock at the cabin. It, uh, twist. It did uh, one. It did a little over a million dollars in previews this week. So, so I I watched one review of it, and it was the it's pretty decent review of it with no no spoilers. Yeah. So he got Jeremy Johnson's uh, good no, time. No yeah, alcohol you're, required. You're uh, your guy. Yeah, he's one of the ones. So looking forward to that. But that's about it. Yeah. Oh, almost. I'm trying to finish up God of War Ragnarok as well, mm. which it's fun, but it's definitely a step down for me from 2018's God of War from yeah. a storyline perspective. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I finished my uh, my rewatch of Sons last night. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's 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 funny, like just how that show holds up. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's a great show. So, all right, let's, uh, let's hop oh, absolutely. in. Yeah. Let's hop into, to what's happening with, uh, Sony pictures here. You, uh, you shared this one, uh, right as we were getting started. Uh, I'll read the headline though. President of Sony pictures, television studios, Catherine Pope admits Hollywood continues to shows that couldn't possibly make a bottom line because they are quote relevant. Um, Pope is <laughs> Pope, who was announced as Sony Pictures Television president back in July after being head of original content at Charter Communications, specifically oversees all of Sony's domestic scripted productions. So she's she's a big deal at Sony. She's somewhat of a big deal. Yeah, she, that, she wears that shirt. So yes, um, but in a I guess in a recent Deadline interview. She confirmed that many critics of modern woke Hollywood have been saying for what many critics of modern woke Hollywood have been saying for years, that major Hollywood studios are eating large losses in order to indoctrinate viewers with woke messaging. <gasps> what? Shocker. I'm shocked, Daryl. Shocked. <laughs> shocked and appalled. I'm jacuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ted Mosby, I love you. Um... It says, uh, when asked whether or not Sony was having its own streaming services make studios vulnerable among networks cutting their programming, put answered, I don't think this slim down is hitting everyone, and I think it's forcing us to raise our game. I don't feel like we're particularly vulnerable. Sometimes mandates change. It's heartbreaking, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Other times, something is so relevant that it couldn't possibly make a bottom line. Money decisions 
uh, money decision against it is because they just love the show so much. I think we've got to continue to make the shows relevant and important and well-produced. Here's the thing is the shows that are quote relevant are neither important nor well-produced, which is the problem. So we grew up in the heyday of relevant, important, and well-produced shows. And I give you as exhibit A, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I knew exactly you were going to say that. I'm not even talking. I'm talking about the series as as a whole. Yeah. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, if you want to really get into it, we had The Cosby Show. You want to go deeper into that, we had A Different World, which I actually preferred. Um, I mean, I just went wherever Denise Cosby was going. So, like, you know. (laughs) Um, God, I loved her. I loved her. Um, anyway, goddamn Jason Momoa. Now you know I don't like him. Um, anyway, settle down, Tiger. I know, right? Um, you know, I mean, this isn't a surprise to hear. Uh, it's just okay. Um, I, I don't know. Here's the thing: she's she's talking about um, the God of War adaptations, and she says it's still in the early stages. I know the game pretty well, and I'm so impressed with what they're already doing in terms of building out a world and expanding, keeping all the values of the game, but also expanding it so that you don't know the game, or so that, excuse me, if you don't know the game, it's still going to be really satisfying, a really satisfying show on its own. Which is funny because we were just talking about God of War. Right. This is the thing, because I think she says on here as well, um, she, cause um, she mentions Cobra Kai as far as Cobra Kai expanding mm-hmm. after the end of the series, which, Hey, that's fine. I mean, it, yeah. you know, we both agree the series, it, it, it's probably time for the series to end the season on six, its own term. It's run its course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so she mentions that, but she also talks about, I'm trying to find it here where, uh, she mentions how sometimes it's a little bit that people think it's, it's harder sometimes to adapt original IPs that are already there because of what people expect. Uh, Her quote here is audiences are so savvy now that expecting multiple levels of an IP. So Cobra Kai universe. Oh wait, is that what you're talking about? Well, it, it, it was, uh, it's somewhere in here where she talks about just in general, as far as like not, nothing specific, mm. but Oh, and, and she also, where she's talking about Gen V with the the spinoff of the boys. Uh, let's see, yeah. And the other thing I like what she said too is talking about how some of these shows are so far away, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like or so far and so much in between seasons that you know you have to remarket a show two years after the previous season came out. And she's like, it's not great for us as producers to have these shows that we can't repeat in yeah. any kind of compressed timeline. Yes. And yeah, I, I agree with that because you lose a lot of people. You think, oh, well, what's another six, eight months if you know you have to wait a year? That's a lot. Well, You're used to. Yeah. I, just just talking from my perspective it is like you forget a lot and you lose that juice that you have for a show sometimes where yeah. it's that extended wait. Not not necessarily all the time, but in general, that's that that is the case. But this this was just an interesting article because yeah. some of the stuff that she was talking about, you know, we obviously knew that, like you said, 
like most of these shows that are relevant and I'm using air quotes are neither good nor well produced in any way. Right. Um, well, in, in, so I think one of the things that I found really interesting was the, the speed in which television shows are made. Right. And we complain about this, but here's the thing. We live in a world now where this show gets released all at once for the most part, you know, there's, there's exceptions. Um, but the show gets released all at once you watch it in a week, maybe a weekend, you know, in the case of Cobra Kai that night, um, like the whole series, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's gone for a year, you know, gone for 18 months, something like that. Or like Succession, it's been gone for, what, I think two years now, which that comes back on March 26th. I'm going to constantly remind everybody. <laughs> but, you know, what she's saying here is like the opposite of what Disney's doing. So, yeah. you know, Star Wars, they're releasing, releasing too many films too quickly rather than, you know, worrying about Letting quality. And I yeah. like this. It says, instead of waiting to spread shows out like Kennedy and Iger have previously indicated, Pope is making it abundantly clear that she wants the TV shows to have a faster turnaround time so Sony, so Sony doesn't have to remarket the show after a two-year or more break to let audiences know that the show has still returned or is returning. Um you know, so so I think I think that's great. I think that's how you build fan bases. That's how you, you know, really push for, you know, people to follow and, and, and buy the IP, buy into the IP, buy other things, buy shirts, buy toys, buy whatever it is. Um, and this is where, you know, I, I think here's my thought is the boys should be shooting. The boys should have eight new episodes coming out every six months. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think there's enough that they could do that for three years, quote, six seasons. And that would be great. That would be a lot, but it would be great. And then, you know, um, after those six weeks, like, or, you know, during those six weeks, whatever you have, like the terminal list or the tick or Mrs. Maisel, you know, these are all shows that Amazon and I'm, I'm using Amazon specifically as a reason for this. They do really well, but Amazon has also adopted the model where they'll put the first two, maybe three episodes out and then go weekly. And, and I then go really weekly. like that. Yeah. I really like that. I do. I do like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Hulu did so that I a did little find bit, the... but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Did, did they go Hulu? Well, I noticed some Hulu shows do that, and some don't. Like the Bear just went was weekly. What? Well, the well no, I don't know. Was the Bear weekly? So, like the show Casual. No, was, the show Casual was weekly. Yeah. You know, but the Bear's an FX show. The Bear was on television. What? Well, yeah, I watched the Bear yeah. on on Hulu though. Yeah, so same, same, that's same. why. But I, I watched it also crack. after yeah. it was done. You know. Yeah, that's that's why. I, uh, I did too. So I did find that where she was talking about, she said, there's always a challenge with adapting IP. I think people somehow think it's easier to develop IP, but in many ways it's harder than coming up with an original idea because you have to know what is core, the most incredibly foundational pieces of the source material. And that is where so many of these IPs, for example, the Witcher fails. These people don't understand or rings of power. They don't understand the core, the foundational piece of material. Yeah. They'll just throw the world, you know, oh, the world looks pretty. We can pretty it up and all this stuff. And they lose that part of it. Yeah. Like so, the wheel of time. Yeah. Wheel of time is, is another example. Yeah. And you, you know, one, which one that does keep the core and people like it is terminal list. You yeah. just mentioned oh, that. Yeah. Uh, I, I 
I can't really say about the peripheral. Uh, I, I know we're, t- we're, we're talking all Amazon today, I guess. <laughs> well, like, but okay. The peripheral so was another very good one to, to, to this point, right? You, you have umbrella Academy and they took massive liberties with the umbrella Academy um, mm-hmm. to the point. They didn't even stay to the core other than, you know, the basic premise of the story. But the first season of the Umbrella Academy really worked. The second season of the Umbrella Academy really worked. And the third season, minus Ellen Elliott Page's nonsense in, in dictating a character to an actor, um, mostly worked. Yeah. And it shows there are there are exceptions. Well, the boys, you know, uh, the boys had a lot of changes to it that absolutely work better we talked about stormfront we've talked about that when we reviewed it yeah that was a change that was a, po- a net positive for mm-hmm. the the that season right it, it just wouldn't have worked as well if you would have had you know the stormfront from the comic. i'm not gonna say it wouldn't have worked as well it's just I, Aya cash is so goddamn likable as an actor and when you want to hate her and i highly recommend um checking out the fx show you're the worst yeah where where she's the the female lead um I, she I, because she brought a, a hateful a di- and again yeah yeah again i am usually one that does not like the gender bending the race bending. right that was an example that worked very well it's you more often than not it doesn't work because they're just putting a person in as a body and not as a character well, do you but do, that do that, you know why it worked it's because it furthered homelander yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's so that's the only reason they usually, that it worked. It, yeah. it, it took because like Home, Homelander is Superman. He can be very boring if you don't do him right, and it added a whole layer of nuance to who and what he is. In the fact that like she was like you know the first you know Vought experiment was was like so interesting to him and like. You know, and then and then when we find out in season three about like who his dad is, you know, well, you know, whatever, like who's donor, your daddy? who's who his donor is, um, you know, it, it's it's just this this layer of complication that's added to him on and on and on. So, um, it'd been really interesting if it was like one of her eggs. That would have been like like I don't I, even know if they wanted to even go there. I, I don't think Kripke has that kind of. Uh, cojones anymore to do that just because like you know he's all <laughs> whatever but yeah um all right let's uh it's just interesting it's interesting to hear and like she's not the one who's coming out and like saying it outright but anyway um all right so moving on james gunn just dropped um i'll just say a dc bomb <laughs> on the on the internet on monday uh, but it didn't go off really no, it was a, uh, it was met with with a lot of mixed feedback. Um, yeah, it was to me very underwhelming. Yes, I I'm not, I'm not like oh it's done it's it's just it's awful it, it's over. Um, I did I do find it interesting they're going to go multiverse. I wonder why that is. I, I, I'm guessing they saw the success of the Batman and Joker, and they don't so want to mess with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue this point: the Batman was not a success. It didn't make a billion dollars. I think it topped out at like eight hundred million, eight hundred fifty. Um, that is not that. 
a Batman movie with, you know, Robert Pattinson should have made way more money. And, and Matt Reeves' insistence on jamming three movies into one movie, like, well, I, I would have been, I, I would have been less surprised if they would have been like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of this altogether and we're going to, re- okay. we're going to reuse Pattinson. Okay. I rebut that in a way because <laughs> some of that I do agree with. But remember, this was also day and date release too on um, Max. No. So. No. What? Wait a minute. No. No. What was it then? It was uh, because it was it, it was it was the first one that they did like thirty days later. Yeah, it only made okay. seventy. It all, it made seven hundred and seventy million dollars. Okay, so like what but, my my the, the yeah this is it. the thing. Like I think it would have. And because there was, yeah, because there was confusion around that because of, you know, you had the Wonder Woman 84, you had Dune, and then they did that one. Like, the because I, I was one of those that I just waited for it to come out on Max. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I, it, does that affect it? Not as much as a day and date, of course not. But I, I do think because if, if it did, wasn't going to come for a couple of months, I probably, I'm, I'd likely would have gone to the movies to see it. The biggest, why I say that it, it's not a, smashing success but it's a mostly positive success considering what we've had from batman movies sure these last couple batman movies it's it's a start in the right direction even though like you said well the movie was the dark knight rises made made a billion dollars yeah the dark knight rises by far the worst of the three nolan movies um here's the problem though is the batman made 134 million opening weekend um, and that's, that's a monster number coming out of a pandemic for a three hour or for, yeah, for a three hour movie. Um, and then it just, it just stalled. It completely stalled from there. It, it yeah, it, it was a good start, but, but the, I mean, the point is, I think they see the potential of that. Yes. If this is not a this is not a movie that made four hundred or five, even five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. The yes, it 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 did not hit what they wanted to, but that seven hundred plus million was good enough for them to say, okay, if we tweak some things here, and I, this is what I'm assu- I'm guessing why they left this and Joker. Joker, you know, it was you can't deny that's a success, especially being me and R rated and all that stuff. Oscars and awards yeah. and it, it crossed a billion yeah i mean the batman though had a 200 million dollar budget plus whatever that gigantic marching marketing budget was so and, and then and i know he the mentioned 45 day it was the 45 day yeah i know he mentioned teen titans go was yeah. part of elseworlds yes. too and it, but there was nothing everything that he announced though was going to be a part of the DCU. Right. Well, yes. From Cre- yes. Creature Commandos, Superman, Supergirl, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But he basically he said, okay, this is... He didn't necessarily specify if they're going to continue, other than the three properties we just mentioned, Right. going to continue the Elseworlds with new stuff. Well, I... Th- or that's the one thing I'm not sure. I, I think the Elseworlds is the stuff that was working... Um, so here, mm-hmm. let's let's just quickly go through. So, Creature Commandos is going to be an animated um, animated series on HBO Max, um, and whoever they end up casting as the Creature Commandos, which includes Frankenstein, um, those voice actors will be the people who play the the live action versions of of them when they show up in movies and shows. 
they're doing a spinoff of Peacemaker called Waller with Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. And I can't tell you how much I hate Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Um, I just, she, she does not come across as the calculating genius psychopath that Amanda Waller is. She just comes off as unhinged. I don't mind her, honestly. No, I just don't care for her either in the yeah. sense of, I don't care about Amanda Waller. I mean, I, that's not the character I really cared about. You don't anyway. care about Amanda Waller because they haven't given us a good Amanda Waller. No, I mean, it, no, even in the comics, the, the little, I, I don't really care about that character. You're crazy. No, I just, I just don't. But even if I didn't care about Amanda Waller, or even if I liked Amanda Waller, I wouldn't, I don't care about a movie okay. with her. Cool. All right. So, um, so then we have the Superman Legacy movie, which will be released on July 11th, 2025. Um, it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Um, boo. And I don't think we're going to get a Dan- uh, Not I'm sorry, not Damien. I don't think we're going to get... John Kent. Jonathan. Mm, yeah. But whatever. Who yeah, let's just continue running through these and then yeah. just kind of give the thoughts right. afterwards. So then we have Lanterns. It's a Green Lantern TV show in the frame of True Detective. Again, it'll be on Max um, featuring Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. This has been reworked because it was supposed to be about Hal. And then it was supposed to be about John. So John. Now, yeah. So um, I, hopefully they have Guy and Kyle in here somewhere. Um, hopefully they have the other lanterns because they're saying that it's going to be mostly terrestrial based. So I'm like, oh, God, no, no, thank you. Um, the Authority, um, which is like, I mean, it's from Wildstorm. So this is a Jim Lee thing. Jim Lee's getting a massive payday for the Authority. Um, I feel like this is a quid pro quo. Like, hey. We're gonna we're gonna wash your back on your way out because you really shouldn't be doing what you should be doing. Um, yeah, I'm I, like, I I don't think the authority the the authority would be great as an Elseworlds thing. It should not be in the DCU proper. Uh, Paradise Lost. It is their Game of Thrones, as they say. It's the all female, um, Themyscira filled political intrigue scheming between power players. Um, and it takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. So does that mean the Wonder Woman films are still canon? I do not know. Um, the Brave and the Bold, which will be the Batman movie, not part of the Batman. Um, and it's going to introduce Robin to the movies for the first time. However, it will be Damian Wayne. Now, here's the thing. They made a big thing about talking about how he's Bruce Wayne's son. And he's got, you know, he's got he's going to be working with his boy. Uh, to keep him from being a murderer, but then they, in the same breath, they they said it's it's based on Grant Morrison's run for Batman and Robin. So yeah. Dick Grayson was Damien's Batman. Anyway, um, so there's the Batman Part Two, which is slated for October third, twenty twenty five. Um, from what I understand, Matt Reeves is going to make this one 17 hours long and stuff 44 movies into it. No, no, so. that's not correct. That's not correct. That's it's going to be it's going to be 6.7 hours long, and they're going to, oh. it's only going to be nine movies. Oh, into it. oh, oh, okay. Um, we're getting. You're a, thinking of the third one, probably. 
<laughs> Perhaps. Um, so we're getting a Booster Gold HBO Max series, which I'm really interesting, interested in. And, and here's the thing. I, this is what worries me. It's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back today to pretend to be a superhero. Uh, he describes it as, uh, sorry, Gunn describes it as imposter hit syndrome as a superhero. Wrong. Michael was a famous athlete who got caught gambling and got into trouble, lost a lot of what he did. And because he was so much of a fame whore, he stole a he legion ring, came back to modern times, and then used what little he knew about modern history, or, or well, you know, the past in his case, um, and the robot Skeets to be a hero. That is a much more interesting story than, oh, he's just a loser who comes back. You know, anyway. All right. This is the one that actually offended me. Offensive. This, oh I, this is offensive. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, taking cues from the recent Tom King. How dare you? Written miniseries. This movie project. Uh, sorry. Oh, this movie project promises to have a different take on what most think about the idea of Superman's, co of Superman's cousin. Um, We'll see the difference between Superman, between Superman who was sent to Earth and raised by a loving parent from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl raised on a rock chip off of Krypton who watched as everyone around her had to die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, then come to Earth. She's much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. She's a drunk whore. That's what she is in the comic book. Tom King legitimately what is wrong with this him? character tom, tom tom king and tom taylor should meet at the top of like i don't know an active volcano hug each other and just dive in that... um and then so before it closed out uh shazam fury of the gods is coming march 17th the flash is still slated to come out june 16th Blue Beetle is August 18th, and then Aquaman, The Lost, Lost Kingdom uh, is December 25th. It's, these are all things that were in product, uh, production under Walter Hamada. Um, he says The Flash is, is uh, going to be the reboot of the, DC of the DC Universe. So there's that. And he also calls The Flash directed by Andy Musinetti, probably one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Um, we're not, we're not getting, it doesn't seem like they're going to get rid of any of the suit, the suicide squad or the peacemaker people. Um, no. it seems like Gal Gadot is probably still going to be Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa is still going to be Aquaman. And Ezra Miller is probably going to still be the flash. So. If you want that to change, do not go see The Flash. This, yeah. If you go see The Flash and it makes a billion dollars, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Ezra's a douchebag, but we're going to keep him around. Um, yeah. Uh, so who knows? Um, I, I, I tell you what, I, I'm interested in the Creatures Command, Creature Commandos cartoon because it's interesting. Um and hopefully they bring shade, which is their organization, into it. Um, lanterns, 
I think now that it's not going to be part of Greg Berlanti, we might get something like a little more adult and less woke. Um, and I'm interested in the Brave and the Bold. The rest of this, I'm kind of like, mm. oh, I guess Booster probably. Um, I think the the so, Blue Beetle movie is already too far along to be like, hey, let's like make this as like, you know, we can introduce Booster in the in the end credit scene. I mean, they could still do that up until the you know the day before the movie comes out, but um, I don't know. I, it's yeah. So I think I think if you yeah. if you have Jaime Reyes as your Blue Beetle you're going to lose a lot of what helps ground Michael in the his past, our present, fucking hate time travel, mm-hmm. um, to become a fully functioning human being. Yeah. So creature commandos, eh, I it's I, I like it's kind of <laughs> it's a reverse monster squad in a way. Uh one of my favorite movies growing up. Yeah. Uh but again, after watching you know the Super Sons and just how good animation can be. I won't write that one off. That's one of those, even though it was a head scratcher, because I, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. That particular group in the comics, but I know Frankenstein's monster. I know all like all the characters yeah. that they have in there. So same thing. I'm, I'm with you on lanterns. Check out in the sense hold on, hold on, of, before you get to lanterns, check out. Mm-hmm. It's the only good thing or one of the few good things that came out of the new 52 is Frankenstein agents of shade. Okay. Definitely worth checking out. Anyway, so sorry, lanterns. Yeah, lanterns. I the whole true detective thing. I, I I'm with you though. I'm not a huge fan of the idea of this being primarily terrestrial mm-hmm. because of what you can open up just using the lanterns and showing the bigger galaxy out there. It, it's still again a lot of this does have to do with the casting and who they get, but after that, you know. Like I'm still not sure James Gunn is the right person to write a Superman story, and I, he's already messing with the these the dynamics in the comics where you get you're going to get Damian with Batman. You're not going to get at least he didn't say that you're not going to get a uh, Nightwing. You're not likely not going to get a John Kent either. Right. And right. I mean that could have they could have used they could have done so much with John Kent and Damian's relationship. And it doesn't and look might. like we're going to get You know that. what? They might, though. Yeah. Like, let, let's, let's be and honest. This is the first, but, like, yeah, I know what you're saying. And I, and this, that's what I'm saying, where I'm, this is a, this is very underwhelming. I'm not going to say this is like DOA just for the simple fact that there's so little information. But the way it was packaged to us, right. I was very, I was, oh, yeah. I was not impressed with, not at all. Agreed. But there are some, nuggets in here that could be good so yes we'll have to see i mean this is going to be an eight to ten year plan mm-hmm. we're not going to get the first one until what 2020 is it 2025 okay yeah so it's just one of those that especially with what we've gotten from dc in the last decade mm-hmm. they needed to make more of a pop than they did yes and there's a lot there's a lot of people online that i mean yes yeah, some people like it some people love it some people are like us. We're like in that road where it's just, eh. And then yeah. there's some people who just be like, oh, this is terrible. Well, We're not in that last group, but no. it's, I don't know. I think it's the big issue is what it is. It's uh, Creature Commandos. It's a animated seven episode series written by Gunn. 
Uh, Waller is a spinoff of Guns Peacemaker series, which is sticking around. That's canon. Um, Superman Legacy, written by Gunn. Lanterns, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's like don't put Gunn in charge of all of this. Put Saffron in charge of this, and have Gunn be like the the John Favreau to kick the universe off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, moving on to the next one. So, Outside the Lines. Did you watch Outside the Lines as a kid? I used to. I I didn't watch it, you know, all the time. But there were when it was monthly. I actually used to watch it, mm-hmm. and there was a time where I would watch it probably a couple times a month when it became you know more consistent. Yeah. But like I would say, the last five years I haven't watched it. Although I have seen, you know, they'll, sh- they would show like snippets of outside the lines in it and like say college game day or something like that yeah. over the years here and there, which I would catch that. But yeah, I mean, I used to watch it when it, when it was first out because that was, you know, that they had that monthly, it was like almost like right. a special edition type show. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was like, like, you know, like uh, they mentioned real sports with Brian Gumble and things like that. Um, Bob Lee, Bob Lee was great. On oh, Outside he was amazing. I like, love Bob Lee. It was his matter of fact reporting his, you know, he didn't have the big, like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I personally think Stuart Scott, like rest in peace, brother, um, ruined sports center because everybody tried to get the next booyah. Um, but, uh, outside the lines was always that just refreshing, like, breath of like just that breath of fresh air about you know um the show or like the the sports world and like a really good objective look at it they would um they would also like tackle the tough things you know they talked about the concussions they um they were really the only ESPN show for a long time that talked about the concussions they talked about the USA gymnastics sex abuse from Michigan State and um their team up there um you know, and so the ESPN is canceling it, but I guess it's going to go, it'll live on with another platform. Yeah. And they so, they're, it's going to be digitally on their yeah. YouTube as well as it seems like they're going to kind of have it uh, cannibalized in some parts of it, cannibalized into ESPN Sports Center, yeah. which I don't know if that's just to try to get more people to watch Sports Center or what. I mean, they got to do whatever they can now, right? Um, I will say I'm not I'm not as big a fan of uh, Jeremy Shap. No, no, Bob Lee is when I think of outside the lines, that's who I think of, Bob yeah. Lee. Yes, and he retired from all of it in, in 2019, so right, it, it's all good. Yeah. Uh but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to mention it. it it's it's just one of those things that, yeah, um, it's uh. He had some great. They did have some great shows over the years with this. Yes, oh, outside absolutely. the lines of some yeah. of the stuff, and you are you already mentioned two of the examples they reported uh, about. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's sad that not sad in the way like you know things move on, but just how sports media has gotten. Well, media in general has mm-hmm. gotten, and the true reporter, like because you mentioned Bob Lee's matter of fact mm-hmm. attitude in reporting stuff, which. As a reporter, you should because you're supposed to sh- supposed sh- sh- supposed to show supposed to show. How dare you? You know, 
you're supposed to be, you know, that, you know, not have that emotional, necessarily emotional right. connection or, or being swayed. You're supposed to be that Switzerland type because you're just reporting facts and you're letting the audience mm-hmm. make their decision on which way to go. And yep. so, yeah, but yeah, things changed. And, but that was, that was a, that was a great show back in the day when I, you know, the times that I, I used to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan just cause I'm a big journalism fan. So, all right. Uh, our last bit of news. <laughs> this just made me laugh because I got an email about it. Like as I was putting everything to, like in and together, uh, Ridley Scott's Gladiator sequel what <laughs> gets a pre Thanksgiving twenty twenty four release. Um, so Paramount has just dated Ridley Scott's directed follow up for November twenty two, twenty twenty four. After Sun Oscar-nominated Best Actor Paul Mescal is in talks to be in the film, as uh, Deadline first told us. Um, Scott produces with his team. Um, it says here, uh, Mescal, Paul Mescal, is uh, replacing Russell Crowe's Maximus from the first film, who died. He's playing Lucius, um, so the, the kid, right? But here's That's the thing. That's correct, yeah. The kid that played Lucius is a goddamn hunk. Like he was on Shield, he's like six four. Like, why not just have yeah. him? Like he would actually I, be he would be like the proper age to play an older Lucius. Yeah, I was that was wondering that myself. Why they didn't actually go back to him? Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, maybe because like uh, I have no idea. I mean, because like he was really good on Shield. He's been in a couple things. Um, he was in um. He was the son in uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, right. You're right. He was in that. But yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, the if when I when I look up Paul Mascal, I get an uh, an image of him in some like weird yellow suit with a like weird bow tie thing and apologizing for you know or ha- making people apologize for him labeling him as a British actor. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's like okay. Just go so with the, you know what's funny? Go with the, just go with the go with the kid. Go with the right person. <laughs> so this so initially I'm just looking on his IMDB page, Spencer Tree Clark, yeah, who is original Lucius, and it has him as Lucius in Gladiator too. Mm-hmm. So this is I mean, but like you said, this news just came out today. So because I, I don't know, it's just weird, just weird. But yeah. as far as wanting, I I had heard about it like. This is this news, this gladiator will they, won't they thing has been going on for years now, and right. Well, now <sighs> it has a date. I mean, so I mean, it's just, but again, I'm I'm a sucker for you know the swords and sandals yes, we're, type show type yeah. movie. We we've we're talked about hard, that a lot. So. Yeah. I mean, as long as it looks looks good, I'll probably see it. Like, yeah. So, oh, I mean, like, I, just, I'm also a sucker for Ridley Scott. So you know, yeah, there, it's that. just one of those things. that's like, why now? Yeah. But anyway, hell, Top Gun had a sequel 30 years later, so. Who so who knows, right? Who even yeah. knows. Uh all right, so our last bit of news um and we'll just be quick with this one just cuz it's fun. Um The Royal Rumble happened um <laughs> last Saturday. <laughs> Again, feels like a lot. Who's your mammy? Now. Uh you know who it is, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was um did you watched it? You went back and watched it, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this this is the interesting thing about WWE right now. 
The Rumble was not the main event of the Rumble. It was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens because of the bloodline. And when you look at Elimination Chamber, which is coming up in a couple weeks, the main event is not the Elimination Chamber. chamber. It's Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the bloodline storyline. I I will say this. I thought the pay-per-view as a whole was pretty mid. Um, the men's rumble was really, really good. I, I definitely think they should have saved that for for the maybe not first. I don't know. Um, Logan Paul's a goddamn stud. <laughs> yeah, that. Like I, I, I yeah. yeah, I, I agree with you as far as the overall pay per view. I was, it got off to a, a bang with the men's yes. Royal Rumble. I thought Gunther was. First of all, Gunther, it was, I, and I've seen him over the last couple of years. Don't get me wrong. I've right. seen him here and there, even with what little I watch of WWE, I've seen him. But impressive. Lasted to the end. Uh, we knew how it was going to end once you know Cody Rhodes came, you know Cody Rhodes come coming back. But right. I mean, still, it was still very captivating television. Yes, and there were some great spots there. Looks like Kofi Kingston botched another save on the outside of the yeah. ring, which that was pretty dumb to I, me. I think way, someone was supposed to be up. holding the chair, but it had wheels on it. And, like, yeah, that was yeah. only going to end the way it ended. Um, luckily, he didn't get yeah. hurt. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he, like, smashed his head. And I was like, dude, is the, he okay? The Mountain Dew Lights Out match was a seven-minute commercial for Mountain Dew. The only cool thing that came out of that ma- match was when Bray Wyatt put on the the Predator looking mask, and it was like lit, was so- lit up like a Batman villain from the Joel Silver days, yeah, um, or Joel Schuster, whatever. Anyway, um, that match is awful, and all it does is prove my point that Bray Wyatt cannot wrestle a regular match, and has to be protected with all these gimmicks. I didn't like him on the Indies, like I didn't like him in OVA, OVW, sorry. Uh, I didn't like him as Husky Harris when they repackaged him that way, and I like when he was Wyndham to start Wyndham Rotunda. I do not like mm-hmm. him as Bray Wyatt. I, I think that match is horrible. I think the cinematic matches really hurt the flow of the pay-per-views or premium live events, as they're called, since it's on Pacock. Um And the the women's rumble was just okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Mainly because, like, yeah, Rhea winning is great and awesome and everything. Um, and it's funny because for the first time ever, it came down to number one and two. Yeah, that was that was cool. And I love, yeah, and I love those last minutes on when all three of them were on that ring apron outside, the, yeah, outside the ropes. Well, that was great. It's seen Asuka come back in, in more closer to one of her older gimmicks, I think. We're going to see a really cool unhinged Asuka, which which always makes me happy to, to see Asuka get more screen time because she's fabulous. Anyway, um, but yeah, the Royal Rumble is on Peacock. Go watch it. If not, just like check out the spot. Look up the spot um, between Logan Paul and Ricochet where they essentially try to murder each other in midair from coast to coast. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And again... There were good parts of the. I love. I, I actually. I, I will disagree in the fact. I actually like the spectacle of the. I, I agree and disagree. I I really like the spectacle of the lights out match and the idea of it. The match itself. Yeah, 
it's forgettable. I expected uh, Arnold to show up and tell me to freeze. Yeah. So that part was yeah. It's it is it was it, it was more it was for the spectacle. It was for that. I, it everything that I saw it looked like it was just for that spot where Uncle Howdy was jumping off and evidently missed uh, yeah. by oh, a, by yeah. a country mile. By, yeah. so, so, but the the thing about the Royal Rumble as I I really like the men's Royal Rumble. Thought the women's had some cool things, but overall it was okay. The showstopper was it wasn't even the main event. Uh, it was the po- it was the post credit. Yes, it was the post main event. Sami Zayn coming, <laughs> turn, finally turning on Roman, which like had to happen. Yeah. So, which again, I like I said, I've been off and on watching WWE, but I remember last year when I think it was last year where Jay Uso was going back and forth against Roman and mm-hmm. just some of the things that were then, then, then Roman Reigns put Sammy in charge of, you know, you're in charge of this and just this back and forth as far, it was such, it's been such good storytelling. Uh, oh, yeah. And I actually watched, Absolutely. I've watched a couple of videos who, that have tracked this thing from the beginning, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. This was after the fact. Yeah. But the pop that Sammy got when he finally hit Roman with the chair instead of the trust up Kevin Owens was phenomenal. It's one of those things that you, as us as wrestling fans, it's those type of moments that we, you know, that's why we love wrestling. Because yeah. it, like those those moments where you get those goosebumps or mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, that happened. And then going back and then just hearing the crowd's reaction to that, right? And the just the absolute heel heat that Roman Reigns got, <laughs> yeah, from what he did was mm-hmm. it was just it was just great storytelling. Yes, great storytelling. And it also kind of harkened back to the last time someone turned on Roman when Seth hit him with the chair in the back. Yes, so. yeah, anyway. right. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the last of us. And I just can't quit you. <laughs> so uh, you'll notice the the episode of this is titled "When Billy Met Frankie in the Apocalypse." Is my little play on "When Harry Met Sally." Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so this episode featured um, my spirit animal being defiled by a bearded man. Um, <laughs> Dude, that was one of the. F- funniest texts you sent me recently i mean i send you a lot of funny texts let's let's be honest yeah like, but don't, that one don't, had, that, don't yeah. make it sound like i don't send you funny texts <laughs> no that one just was a, a little bit a few notches above a lot of the funny ones because <laughs> i read that and i i'm glad i didn't have anything like wasn't drinking anything yeah at the, that moment yeah so well because I, I i messaged you and said i'd started it and then you sent me that broke back meme <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, and then I, I, I just replied, you know, what was happening at that moment when you sent that meme. Um, okay, so um, this episode starts with, with Joel and Ellie hiking and Ellie talking about like asking Joel about flying in an airplane and, you know, all the things that she can and can't do or hasn't, hasn't done and, you know, all that. So, like, throw away what happened in, in, in episode two because we're forgetting that ever happened for an episode. And so then we are treated to a filler episode, which is about 50 minutes long. Um, that is a clickbait love story between Bill, a what they call 
paranoid survivalist, and Frank is some random dude who falls in a tiger trap. Yeah. And when we say clickbait, we're not even... It's clickbait, but then, what did you say, Chuck Mate? Uh, I think it was Chuck was, Chuck Mason, yeah, the, the showrunner. Even said said as much where he said he tried he they needed to trick the audience into watching a gay love story. Yes, his his words, not ours. Right here we so, go. Oh no, it was the director. So, so it was the director that said yeah, that. Yeah, okay. hold on, let me. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was it was the director Peter Hoare. I'm guessing that's how you say it. It's H-O-A-R, so it's whore. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, he says here that he explained how he deliberately tricked viewers into watching a gay love story without necessarily making that clear straight away. He explained, for Nick, it was a very much different person. But at the same time, we didn't get Nick Offerman to have to do some of him. In, not to have, oh, sorry. To get Nick Offerman, not to have some of him in it as well because that is bill bill is complicated okay here's the thing so frank groomed bill yes so there, there's okay there's a few there's a few issues with this episode right uh, all right just real quick i gave the, this episode is beautifully shot and beautifully acted the, and i don't even have an issue with like them doing a gay relationship or anything like that. It was a, they had a very loving relationship between a man who groomed another man. Um, but out of five, when you're broke back in the apocalypses, I gave this a two out of five. I would have given it a three out of five, just like the other two episodes. But I took a point off specifically because this is a filler episode that has nothing to do with the rest of the fucking show. One thousand percent. Um, I gave it a two and a half for the same read. I would have given it a three, maybe even a little bit higher because I thought again, which I'm reiterating what you said. I thought it was, the acting was amazing. The, the, just everything about this show, as far as from a, a cinematography standpoint has been, you know, on point, mm -hmm. but you cannot uh, yeah. ignore the fact that this episode does nothing, really nothing, nothing for, the main story and the main story is Joel and Ellie. Right. This is this is a gender-driven nonsense that was used as a filler. And here's the thing. I liked Murray Bartlett so much. I'm actually going to watch Chernobyl now. Oh, I still want to watch. I haven't not right? watched that cuz he's in I that. have to get like, into that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I I thought this it was a very nice love story. It really was. And yes, I am joking when I say he groomed Bill because Bill was not gay. But Bill was obviously hard up and wanted to get his mm -mm -mm And, you know, um, I'm going to skip to the end. So this, this, okay. is a, this is a, a relationship that spans many years. We get to see a younger Joel and Tess. So we got Anna Torf back um, for, for, for a few minutes. Um, but we get to the point where Bill, where, where Frank is, is just deathly ill and he's dying and, and he's sick. And he wants to go out on his own terms. So this is the other bit of this is actually the worst bit of propaganda. Oh, absolutely, absolutely is is the 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 whole idea of committing suicide. Which you know, I if you are having those thoughts, there are numbers that you can call. I don't know what they are, but it's a very 
simple Google search. And if you're having those problems, you can hit me up on any one of the social networks or the email addresses that are very publicly available for me. I will talk to you and I will talk you out of whatever it is you want to do because life is worth living. Um, but this is this whole maids thing, right? The whole, the whole mail order death kits that they send to people in Canada now um, to the point where I think it's like in the top five causes of death is euthanasia now. Um, and Bill writes this lovely letter to Joel about taking care of the people he loves. He's like, I, don't, I really don't like you, but like, I do like you cause we're friends, but we're not friends. You know, it was very, it was very humorous and, 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 and touching for a guy who like was a loner and didn't want to have anybody in his life and who had planned for the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> but at the end, he's like, you have to take the ones that you love. And when, when, when bad things happen, you need to protect them and move on. And he didn't do that. And so when he hands this letter, when, when, the, when Ellie reads this letter to Joel, this letter is so much more powerful. It's read to him by Bill. So much more powerful. Plus, then you get to see like some really cool dramatic acting chops from from Nick Offerman, um, who many people only know as um, Ron Swanson. Yeah. So this was one of the the like the biggest deviations from the game in the sense that we have Bill in the game. We don't have Frank. Frank already died. Frank right. was sick. Frank killed himself. Right. That's fine and dandy. Bill is a you know Bill is an NPC that you interact mm -hmm. with for different things, and what you just said, he tells him all this stuff how you have to protect the people you love, how you have to move on, and all that stuff, but he doesn't follow that same advice. Mm -hmm. And the fact, if you would have got, I would have loved to see his like you said the act the scene where Joel and Ellie get there, and Bill is just there. And because pe what people are saying is this is helps, you know, this helps this show helps show how Joel begins to care for Ellie and right. all this just shies though, which right. bullshit you this episode is not doing that. No, it's not. Bill's interaction with him could have done that if you're if you want to talk about that, because the fact that Bill says all that stuff and the fact that they're just kind of promoting this, you know, this suicide du dual pack suicide as romantic and and so i've heard some people say that yes it, it disgusts me it yeah, absolutely I've seen, disgusts me. i've seen the like well it's like romeo and juliet no romeo and juliet was a tragedy neither one of them had to die romeo and juliet was was bad because there were no cell phones <laughs> there was just no way to to, to do quick communications uh real quick so do a little text like oh okay this is what i'm doing so so what, uh, a little over an hour and a half ago, um, I guess the hashtag release the whore cut is, uh, is trending because Peter Hoare apparently did a two hour long director's cut of uh, what was already a 73 minute long episode. So this is by far the longest episode by like 20 minutes of the show. Why would we need that? And why it's would filler. we need that? Why? Why? What is, like, you have nine episodes to tell a story. There's already another filler episode that we're going to get. That is Ellie's coming out party from the DLC. Yeah. Why, why are, why? So 
House of the Dragon did this too. Where yeah, it did. where they had to like make their change and then the woman playing um Allison had to be like, Well, I'm playing her as a woman for Trump. Shut the fuck up. Just play the goddamn role. Like the, the best of your ability. You don't have to make it political. You don't have to do like you know what? If you want to do the, the here's what I think would have been a really fun way to handle this is this could have been a DLC. Like, hey, do you want to see more about Bill's life? Pay two ninety nine on iTunes right now to buy, you know, um, Bill and Frank's love story. <laughs> That's actually pretty interesting. Why not? Actually, no, nine ninety nine, yeah. and people would fucking pay it. You and I definitely would have paid that to watch it and review it. Yeah, we would have. Yes, a hundred percent. And you know, because what? we like the show. What? And you know what? Too. We wouldn't have been as hard on this episode either because it would have taken out some of that filler mm -hmm. and put it somewhere else where it should be. Mm -hmm. You know, as kind of like that side, it's like the side quest right. where you don't have to do it to play the main game, but yeah. it's pretty cool when you, you hear about these stories of these characters that you wouldn't have run across unless you did the side quest. Yeah. That's exactly what that would have been. And absolutely, I, you know, I'm a side quest. I'm basically a side quest whore. Let's be you honest. are the side quest king. <laughs> yeah. I love side quests. So mm -hmm. absolutely, I would have been like, okay, let me check it out. See what it's like. It would not have – It was a de it, this is a detriment to the season. And people mm -hmm. are so caught up in what they're doing and why and, – well, a lot of people don't understand why they're doing it. They're so caught up in this, oh, it's so beautiful. My question for them is this, that my simple question, not for everybody, but for certain people. Would this have garnered the same reaction if it was a male and a female? You know the answer to that. I know. If I it was a male and a female, everybody would be reacting to it the way we're reacting to this, which we would have reacted to this the yes. same way. The same way. So The exact same way we would have said, why did you do this? Mm -hmm. This was not necessary. Yes. That is correct. So... So. And it's and it sucks to have to say that because I thought, like you said, the the two like Nick Offerman and what was his name, Murray. Oh, Craig, uh, Craig Mazze. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Murray. Oh, Jesus! I have to go back to the article. <laughs> Hold on. I... Uh, Murray Bartlett. Yeah, they were phenomenal, phenomenal. together. Like I want to see and a buddy cop so with them movie or like honestly, oh that would be great like you know what would have been really cool is like do do a bunch of DLCs like hey we actually did like three episodes of them like living through this like can be uh, that thing. that is like dude that's a fantastic idea I, I'm not kidding that would be a fantastic I'm not smarter than these people in Hollywood I'm not I just care more about story than they do that's the difference yes and like yes. and like here's the thing is this covers everybody. Like this is like this kid. This is like you can still like focus on story and quality and storytelling, and then do these cool little agenda-driven things, and charge extra mm -hmm. money for them, because the people who yeah. really want that, well, like I mean, they don't buy things because they don't have jobs, but you know, they will definitely pirate it. Well, they can't pirate yeah. it because they don't have jobs, so they don't have internet. They don't have jobs, so and they, they don't will have the go to their parents' so, house, and 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 go back down to the there, basement where they? they're living. And they will, yeah. you know, um, you know, I think it's so funny, like the way this has changed, right? It used to be like, oh, you're a nerd. You live in your mom's basement. You know, it's like, no, I'm a nerd. I live in like a 12 no. square foot apartment. It's pretty badass. And, you know, like 
take care of my shit as an adult and you know all these other people who refuse to fucking grow up um that would have been so that would have been such a cooler way to handle this and like you could have gotten more out of these guys you could have done like a solid 3 hours of of television split into three different episodes release it at different points like cuz you could have not killed bill off and like every time bill showed back up on the show we could be like hey after the you know when the show ends it's like hey go to iTunes or whatever now and 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 buy you know buy the next chapter of when uh how bill met how billy met frankie <laughs> Yeah, I'll have what he's yeah, having. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. just disappointing. And again, there's so much they could have done. They could have done, like you said, the two episode, three episode. Yeah, like even fifteen, like three, ten, fifteen minute shorts. Mm-hmm. That would be, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, because I, I would again, be interested in watching not, these they, men's lives together. Absolutely. Yeah, because but not not the, but not in the frame. Yes, of the Last of Us season one. TV show because it takes away from a story unnecessarily. Correct. That's it. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Th- this is all there was about this episode. There was nothing. There was nothing about this episode that moved anything forward. Plain and simple. No. It's it's filler. This is this is Smallville season ten at its worst. And we have another one of these to look forward to. So essentially it's a seven episode series that has momentum killing filler. Yes. So whatever the next big thing that happens, you know, is it, I don't see how this show does more than three seasons. Well, like I said, there's only two games, and I've already told you what happens in in the second yeah, game. No, that yeah, no, yeah, I knew that. So, but what I'm saying is that again, Druckmann said Who? that he doesn't want to get. Cuckman said Cuckman, he doesn't want to get ahead of the series, right? Uh, the the game series, right? So, what are they going to do? I don't know. Or are they going to drag stuff out? Who knows what they're going to do? I don't know. Even cares. But yeah, no, really. Like I really liked. I I like what they're doing this season so far. Again, there's still what six episodes left where they can screw it up. Yeah. But overall, I've I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with what we've gotten with this. And as far as for me, season one is is enough. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Yes, sir. All right. That's all I have. Yeah. So. I'm going to go drink some hot tea and, and, and rest my, my voice. And hopefully rest we're going to talk better tomorrow and the day after that and next week. Who knows? I'm going skiing tomorrow, so that's exciting. Anyway. Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty slick. I know. It's been a while. All right. Uh, any last words? Uh, well... If you want to know what happened, I, I also told you that I watched, uh, I will say it how you say it, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever last night on mm. Disney+. Plus. Mm. And honestly, if you watched Pitch Meeting, it will tell you all you need to know about the movie. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't Eternals bad, which I don't think there's any movie that's eternal. It wasn't even, it wasn't even Captain Marvel bad. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't good. And there was potential. What did I say to you? I don't know how some of these scripts get past the 
the first stages of editing without saying you need to make this change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what that suffered for. And also it was, I will even tell you, it was 35 minutes too long. It was <gasps> two hours and 40 minutes. What? So, yeah. So you yeah, think it's I 35 it. <laughs> minutes too long. So I would have thought it was an hour too long. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. On that note, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week. See ya. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.